I just wanted to do a quick shout out to the Ohio State Buckeyes for that awesome win over Michigan yesterday. <laughs> OH? There we go. <laughs> All right, now we can get to the real stuff. <laughs> but uh, for a while now, I have been debating on whether or not I wanted to debut this series with a video at all. In fact, I'm not even sure if it's been done at this church before. For the most part, I was quite content with just telling you stories from my life because, quite frankly, it's a little bit easy and because I would find it interesting if I were in your shoes trying to get to know the new youth pastor. But I want to do things differently this time. Because if we're honest in here, I'm a, I'm a little bit crazy, and I'm definitely crazy and ambitious enough to try something like this, where we're going to do, this is actually going to be a series about saying yes, but it's going to be especially funny because each entry in the series is going to be at least a month apart. <laughs> so I don't think that's ever been done before. If it has, then great. If not, well, it's going to happen, I guess. <laughs> but... If you recall, my first offering meditation, I almost began it yelling and screaming and carrying on, but I received some good advice at the last minute from a respected man who uh, said, you know, if you plan on being there a while, maybe you just uh, hold off on letting the crazy out for a second. Well, I hope you're comfortable with me, East 40, because it's time to let the crazy out. (laughs) Or at least it would have been. We were going to start with a video, but... Due to, for some reason, YouTube not working in here, it's not going to work. But if, don't worry, hopefully by the next time we do the, my next sermon in this series, we'll be able to actually watch it. But if not, then, and I guess it never works because I'm going to explain, and I was going to explain what was going to happen in the video anyways. Before we do that, let's open up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to present you and your word today. God, it's important that it's you who speaks today. It's important that it's your actions that are seen today. It's important that your voice is heard and your word is preached. I pray that it's you that they see and not me. I pray that we can take something away from this. In your name we pray. Amen. So the movie Yes Man, that's what we were going to watch, was a trailer for the movie. It's about, you can guess, a man who says yes to everything, because originally he was going to say no to a lot of things, but he runs into someone who then talks to him and says, maybe you should say yes. So, but before any of you decide to go watch or watch the trailer, just understand it's a PG-13 movie, so the tagline does say, parents strongly cautioned. Um, For language, innuendo, it says brief nudity, but I think it's just some shirtless guy, but um, I just wanted to give you guys a warning in case you wanted to go watch it or something. So while I cannot stand up here and tell you everything right or wrong with the movie, even though I kind of did just tell you what was wrong with it, um, there's a line of thinking from the movie that I really like. And yes, I like funny videos and things to break the tension and the ice, especially when I'm up here preaching and I'm still kind of nervous about it. Um, But the idea and thought process is saying yes when it comes to life, and especially with one relationship in particular. You see, a lot of us like saying no a lot. My wife would gladly tell you that on more than one occasion I have said no to something that she decided that she wanted to do. (laughs) And usually but not always, it has something to do with spending money or having another decorative pillow because for some reason there's just so many of those. (laughs) 
<laughs> but she would argue that even though she just got a couple more last week, <laughs> that at least these ones were free, and that's what she would tell you. <laughs> but it's true, they were free. I can't fault her too much. But in some ways, it is invigorating to say no. And if we're honest in here today, some of us say no to life as it was meant to be lived. And some of us say no to God. Some of us have said no to God like it's our day job. And there certainly are consequences for doing so. You see, I've told many in our youth, of our youth in here that hell is not always the consequence for saying no, although more than likely it usually is. Sometimes the price is missing out on blessings. And I don't know about you, but I am all for blessings in this life and the next. And I would do practically anything to receive more blessings And if it's wrong, then I guess I just don't want to be right. (laughs) But if God can and will send something my way, then I will do nearly anything to receive those. But like I said before, when you say no to God and His leading on your life, oftentimes you, and not just you, but those around you, will miss out on those blessings. So contrary to what this world would have you believe, when it says people can do whatever they want as long as it doesn't hurt others, your actions and words have a direct impact on you and those around you. I once had a driver's ed teacher. At the beginning of our first class, he asked us to raise our hand if we were a leader in any capacity. And only about, I'd say, two of the 20 people raised their hands. And he said, no, that's that's not correct. All of you in here are leaders in one shape, form, or another. You see, we all have siblings, children, nieces, nephews, co-workers, and friends that all look up to us based on how we react to certain situations. Whether or not we like it, that's just how it is. That is something you have to think about when you are making some decisions. But today I want to talk to you about a particular man in the Bible who said yes and just how important it was to him and his descendants that he decided to say yes. Today we're going to talk about Abraham. And we're reading in Genesis chapter 11, verse 31, through chapter 12, verse 3. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram. And together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Well, all this sounds pretty great, doesn't it? Leave everything you know, and you'll be blessed pretty much beyond your wildest dreams. But before we dig any deeper into the text, we need to discuss one more thing. You see, when I was formulating this sermon within the past couple months, I brought a lot of what I thought was going on to the table. 
And sometimes that can be beneficial, especially being a youth minister, being able to recall and remember a lot of what the Bible says. But sometimes it can get in the way and cause problems. And I feel like I have to say this, but when perceived knowledge or what you think you remember comes into contact with what Scripture says and it's different, it's important that we embrace the truth that we find in Scriptures. You see, based on how this information is presented at the end of Genesis chapter 11 and the beginning of Genesis chapter 12, you would think that one thing happened and then the other. Such as saying that Terah died before Abram received his call. But as we find out later, that is not necessarily the case. We find direct commentary of this passage from Stephen in the book of Acts chapter 7, verses 2 through 4. To this he replied, Brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran. Leave your country and your people, God said, and go to the land I will show you. So he left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. After the death of his father, God sent him to this land where you are now living. And I came up with another example where you see that there are plenty of places in the Bible where sometimes they present information a little bit differently than what we are accustomed to today, such as in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 1. Saul was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned over Israel 42 years. Because after that, ooh, that, that got really loud really quickly. <laughs> so after that, it goes on to explain what happens in Saul's reign in his first few years. But it tells you this is how long his reign was directly after he became king. So, but enough about the small details. Let's get back to the story at large. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years and he died in Haran. So based on the beginning of this reading, we find that this was not the first time that Abram has moved. You see, moving wasn't just something that you did when success was measured by how much land that you had back then. I found one source that said, only the landless and the fugitive did not have homes. But you see, before this passage, we find out that Terah has lost his eldest son, Haran, H-A-R-A-N, and the reason I'm spelling that out, you're about to find out. And though I'm not trying to read too much into the text, what would appear is that he lost his first son and his second son feels like he's receiving a call from God to leave everything he knows. So my guess would be that Terah would want to spend as much time as he could with Abram, so he went with him. So they packed up and moved to Haran, H-A-R-R-A-N, Ironically, very close to the name of his deceased son in the English language. But some scholars and preachers believe that this call that Abram received was also Terah's. But I feel like if that was the case, then the Bible probably wouldn't have left out that detail in that passage. But even if so, regardless if Terah was in on the mission or not, he still came along for the ride. And the point is that he died, and it was now Abram's choice now that he was the leader of his family. So the Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I'll make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. 
I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. You see, Abram had a legitimate choice to make. You know, sometimes we discount it because we just read right through it and it just blazes on and we decide, yes, he did say yes, and it goes right into it. So you got option one, say yes to God, live a life where you may never settle, never own another piece of land, but know that you will be blessed and you will bless others. That a living, breathing, speaking God is on your side. Or option two, or what I like to call the comfortable choice. Say no to God, live a normal life where you will most likely regret never having the faith to do what you felt like you should have done. And yeah, you can worship whatever God you want, but there's a very, very, very big likelihood that whatever God you decide to worship is not going to talk to you the way that this God did. You see, God was asking something what many people would consider impossible. Yet this is exactly what he was asking Abram to do. To say no to what he had. Say no to what he should leave behind and say yes to promises and blessings that the only God who deserves to be called a God could give him. You see, something we don't necessarily understand is that this was probably every man's dream back then. Everybody was worshiping all these different gods and they never talked to them. They never got to interact with them. And they never even really went to a corporate worship church like we do. But Abram heard God speak. And not only did he hear him speak, he didn't say, all I want you to do is just sacrifice stuff. No, he said, I want to make your name great. I want to give you a greater purpose and meaning in life than what you have right now. He's promising him that his descendants will become a nation. He's promising that he's going to be famous. His name will be great. And he's promising him blessings. In all honesty, he would be foolish to say no. And honestly, these are some of the same things that we men and women want today still. To be famous to have a nice family, and to get blessed. In the next several chapters, they detail what happened when Abraham said yes to God. Spoiler alert, it's not all good news. Bad things still happen. Crazy things still happen. But I bet if Abraham was up here today, he would tell you that he didn't regret all of it. That he didn't regret saying yes to God. But here's the thing, East 40. God is asking us to do things in each and every one of our lives here today. And if he's not, he already has, he, or he will. And I believe that God is speaking to us, or will speak to us, in different ways. Maybe he's telling us to leave something behind that we don't need anymore. Whether it be doubt, or worry. But what he's offering us is so much better than what we can come up with on our own. God told Abraham to go and he promised him blessings. I believe he is doing something very similar to us today. He promises he will bless you and use you 
to bless others in the here and now, not just the future. If you choose to say yes to what it is that he's offering. God is asking you to place your faith in him and trust in him and to go where he is leading you. He's offering you his son. So the take-home question for today is this. God is calling you to something or will call you to something specific. What What will your answer be? Will you say yes? Maybe it's coming up here to talk to me or to talk to one of our elders now or after the service and making a first-time commitment to Christ and faith or maybe to rededicate your life to Him or maybe to follow His example in baptism or transfer your membership. Maybe it's take, maybe joining one of our many ministries here at East 40. And if some of you were here a couple weeks ago during our... <coughs> sorry. During our ministry fair, you're aware that we have a lot of ministries. And if you talk to me, Jared, or Tabitha, you'd understand that we can always plug someone else into something. Or maybe you've just wandered a little bit, wandered away from where he wants you to be. But no matter what he's calling you to do, no matter what he is asking, will you say yes to God? Will you follow Father Abraham's example and risk losing earthly possessions and gaining so much more? We invite you to come as we sing today.